2: So hello again and welcome to another episode of Quick Question with Soren and Daniel. So hello to the Quispy, Quesadillas, DOBs, devotees, and the Sworn Swords of Soren. So hello to the Questly Quickers and the Cuties. So hello to the Quick LaQuestlas and Quick Foleys, the Bowie Boosters, and the Faniel O'Brien. So hello to you, yes you, I am one half of this podcast, the bottom half to be specific, author of How to Fight President, senior editor for the D-Textbook, writer and editor for You Might Be a Zombie and Other Bad News, now a New York Times bestseller co-creator and writer for the Webby Award-winning YouTube series After Hours, seen over 30 million times, Emmy Award-winning staff writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, voted Broadway-bound by the 2004 Raritan High School graduating class and co-winner of the 2005 Jersey Shore Battle of the Bands, Daniel, Joseph, Nicholas, O'Brien, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, an asset in every writer's room, and a threat on the opposite side of the volleyball net, the talented Mr. Quipley himself, Soren Bowie, Soren, it's episode 100, say Hello. Hey, everybody, that was, I'm
3: sort of overwhelmed with um, how kind that was you you to
2: bring out my volleyball skills like that. I've I've been, I've been thinking about it, how uh, we used to play volleyball every single week for for a couple of years on the beaches of Santa Monica and and just uh, what a terror it was. If you run, not my team. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's volleyball is one of those sports where I was like, I never really played it as a
3: kid, and then I played it as an adult, and I was like, well, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. If you just jump high in the sand, suddenly you are you you're at an advantage to everybody.
2: Um, yeah, it's a uh, volleyball is a sport that I uh, for a long time thought I was decent at, uh, and then we started playing with coworkers uh in santa monica and the guy who organized it uh had me meet him early (laughs) so he could like do drills with me after he watched me play for a while he was like you should just come to the parking lot and we'll practice doing sets i'm like oh (laughs) this sucks i'm 23
3: Uh, (laughs) yeah uh that guy exuded beach volleyball i'm not sure we should even say his name here but he was if you just picture like kind of like greased back hair but not flat to his head kind of like sticking up a little bit also back and then wrap around sunglasses and talking about how the economy is a zero-sum game. Like he is, <laughs> the, equivalent, he is the, the
2: epitome of beach volleyball. Thanks to Mack Weldon for supporting Quick Question. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and high-quality fabrics. For 20% off your first order, visit macweldoncom QQ and enter promo code QQ.
3: Thanks to Better Health for supporting Quick Question. For 10% off your first month, go to BetterHELP.com slash /qq start living a better life today. Um well that was an incredible intro. There's no way I'm going to even try to do one because that there's, there's no sense in it. Um I but you did also make me realize that fuck it, I did help write a book.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, my name's in it's, a book? It's the, it's the 100th episode and I wanted uh, it to feel special and I also wanted to like, well what does it sound like if I actually list uh my accomplishments and this is just such a th- th- clear brainwashing of uh Irish Catholicism where as i'm really just like listing things that i've actually done in my life i'm still my brain is resisting it my brain is going this seems this seems boastful <laughs> don't St- just stop it downplay it say the Emmy doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> save <laughs> Emmys that they don't count yeah, yeah. um i th- i think I think I included uh the the dubious accolades of Broadway bound in high school and this two thousand and five Battle of the bands uh just to like like subconsciously subconsciously I wanted to let everyone know that i, I wasn't taking this too seriously
3: <laughs> yeah, I actually missed those, but I think you brought them up on other episodes yeah. the Broadway bound thing is something that it was a real treat for me. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um and I don't want to I mean I don't want to step on the toes of where the show is headed, but I do want to take a moment to congratulate you again, Dan, that your show has another ne- Emmy nomination. Yeah, another
2: we've, we've another Emmy. Um where the the show has seven nominations. Holy so so shit. we're we're there we're there for writing and we and the show is there as like in the category of variety talk show and uh our directors Got nominated. Our editors got nominated, uh, and I'm sure there are a bunch of other technical awards that that pad out the the other seven nominations. But yeah, it's very it's it's exciting. Congratulations!
3: Your your show is just a
2: juggernaut at the Emmys. It's we're gonna it's gonna be an interesting year because they combined uh, two major things. They combined our writing category with. like sketch, so we've we've never been up against Saturday Night Live for writing, but we are this year, uh, and uh, we've also got uh, a couple of new contenders who uh, we've never competed against because they they're they brand new shows. Like Amber Ruffin's show is in our category, and Black Lady Sketch Show is in our category as well, and it's uh it's one of the it's a it's always been like a kind of a. A boring award category that no one pays attention to but this year it's exciting there's new life in it and and uh we're 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 thrilled to have that gotta beat the best
3: 2021 snl
2: (laughs) 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 it's a very it's i think i've said this the at, at last year's emmys too where where i i don't put a ton of uh eggs in this basket like it's, it's yeah 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 i know it's it it's doesn't not, it does it's not life changing uh i i hope the show wins to reward the the people who've worked on it um i don't personally in my soul uh need to win, but I also really don't wanna lose. Because losing anything sucks. I, I
3: think we're missing the fact that the most important thing here is that you're coming to Los Angeles again. You're getting a hotel room. Yes. I get to go there and
2: eat a big thing that says congratulations in fondant.
3: Correct. And that's what I'm I
2: genuinely, about. more than anything else, when we, we found out today uh, as of this taping that our uh, category is going to be announced in the primetime I Emmys. Mean, because sometimes it's primetime, sometimes it's creative arts. And when it's creative arts, we might not have been able to go but we do get to go. And as soon as I found that out, I was slacking. My coworkers were like, I get to fly first class. I'm so excited to fly first class and have one of those chairs that turns into a bed. I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> Honestly, that's
3: I would kill for that, yeah. um, just to fly alone. I would fly here. I would fly to New York and then fly home immediately just to do that. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: uh, I'm very happy Can I tell you something you? about flying? Can I tell you something about flying that? Because I was recently in Los Angeles to see you. Yes. That was cool. Uh, And I flew home. And this is one of my uh, more unhinged decisions. Because I I, I watched a few episodes of Bob's Burger, a show that I love. And that was fine. And then I watched the entirety of Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I I, I think I, I did it as a bit. Because I didn't want to watch that movie. No. I don't think it's 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 not good anymore. Uh, and there's nothing I could like I don't I, I didn't come away from it with like a take or, or or any valuable lessons about comedy writing. I really just thought it would be so funny if so, if I if someone was watching if a thirty five year old man was watching Austin Powers two in its entirety on a plane in twenty twenty one. Isn't that funny? What if people are like walking by and, and see me watching this movie and I'm like really watching it and invested. Isn't that funny? And so I just watched this like ninety minute movie as a bit for no one. And how was it? It's bad. Yeah, I know.
3: It's a lot of lot of fat jokes in that one.
2: And it's 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 truly just like I hope someone sees me watching this <laughs> and I hope they think it's funny that I did that. Did you? And I hope that makes them makes them wonder what kind of person i am and what kind of life i live did you arrive
3: at how you wanted to be presented in the scenario like are you laughing at the jokes in it and like like you're seeing it for the first time and also experiencing just like these cultural touchstones for the very first time that everyone else is sick of because they've been worn into the ground or or were you just gonna was is it funnier to be sitting there watching austin powers and being really upset about it
2: uh i was somewhere between uh laughing and upset about it i wasn't like shaking my head in dismay the whole time, but I, I, I think I let a couple of audible oofs sneak out of my mouth during the <laughs> flight. <laughs> I really wanted people to see me as they're like making a bunch of fat jokes, and I'm like, ugh, yeah. oof, rough. I want people to see me and be like, you don't have to watch this movie. Yeah. I'm also tempted to, in that scenario, just every once in a while
3: go, oh. That's got to hurt. And like that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm two minds because I just don't know which is funnier. <laughs> it feels like a lateral move either way. Um, well, that was a good choice on your behalf. I am. I do have a lot of questions about the Emmys. We don't have to do it today um, because yeah. you're going to have to pick a date. You're going to have to decide if you're going to wear the same suit, uh, what your peacocking is going to be, like what your little flair on your outfit's going to be. I'm excited to hear all of that. Um, but... Oh yeah, I guess I need to do all that stuff. But we're not thinking about that right now because instead no. we are doing
2: a mailbag episode. Hell yeah. We uh in uh celebration of our 100th episode it feels like a thousand we're gonna go straight to the audience and 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 you're gonna give us our questions and we're gonna answer them and a lot of these questions i have not seen before yeah, I, I just opened this document and i'm looking at them right now and realizing
3: it would have been helpful had i prepared for this
2: <laughs> yeah okay uh, really start. but you know impossible yeah well my hands were tied mac weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and high quality fabrics From work to working out, going to happy hour, or playing with your kids, Mack Weldon has men's essentials for whatever your day includes. Their full collection includes pieces such as a variety of shirts, underwear, shorts, or pants, and even swimwear. With light and breathable fabric technology, Mack Weldon can keep you cool and comfortable all summer. I don't mind saying, I think I am 100% Mack Weldon boxer briefs. I think if I, uh, I, I could do an audit of my whole lifetime boxer briefs collection right now, and I think it's all Mack Weldon, because they, they were very kind to send us some some free stuff. But also, even before that, I was buying Mac Weldon stuff. And Mack Weldon also has a free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life after you make one purchase with an account. Level 2 gets you 20% off all orders for the next year after you spend $200. Again, I love Mac Weldon. Uh, I wear them when uh, all the time. They're, they're my underwear, and I wear them constantly. I also got uh, some of their... Athleisure lounge pants, and they're great. I wear them when I'm lounging around my apartment. They're perfect for everyday needs. For twenty percent off your first order, visit macweldon.com/qq and enter promo code qq. That's macweldon.com/qq with the promo code qq for twenty percent off. MacWeldon, reinventing men's basics. Let's start
3: with the first one here. Oh yeah, uh, this is from Patty McPat Pat. Patty McPat Pat asks. What is Soren's favorite work created by Daniel, and what is Daniel's favorite work created by Soren? I think that's a great question, and I'm sorry that I'm not going to do it more justice, Patty McPackpat, but I need to... Do you have one off the top of your dome there, Dan?
2: I okay. do, yeah, absolutely. Um, we at Cracked made a show years ago. Um, I think it's called We Are Not Alone. It was, uh, it was part of the, the Cracked Studios experiment where we were making like higher-budget more ambitious and weirder narrative sitcom-type shows. This one was about what would happen if we discovered they were aliens and just try to, like, play out that scenario on a very bureaucratic level, f- focusing on the low-level people who would be tasked with making first contact and all that. Uh, it's one of the series uh, that came out of that experiment that I'm I'm more proud of, and I feel like it... Uh, It's a bummer that it was, like, one of the things we made towards the tail end of Crack Studios because that was when I feel like we had started to figure out how to run our own writer's room. And, like, it made me want to just keep writing shows with this group of people forever. And then Studios was shut down and we were all fired. But in that process, Soren created a character. Um, I don't know if we ever gave him a name or if he was just the general. Because, like, we were all brainstorming episode ideas and thing and, like, directions for the show to go. And you created this guy just just on your own, just in the script that you wrote, invented this this whole character. And he... We didn't change a thing about the character that you created for the show. Uh, and he was in every episode and just, like, an absolute delight to write for because you wrote him so fully realized. And uh, it... It was writing for him was was it, it felt like cheating more than than any other writing for any character that I'd done. It was just like I know who this guy is. This like I'm not I'm not writing. He's just he's gonna walk into a room and start talking, and all I'm doing is like transcribing what what this character would say when faced with these decisions. And it was uh, such a blast to write, and I wanted more of that show mostly just for that character because I I, I I enjoyed writing for him so much. And that's all a testament to you, just like, here's this guy. You wrote him into the show. You wrote him in with, like, a big monologue. And I was like, yep, I know who this guy is, and I want, I want to hang out with him forever. And he's just great. That was the general that's,
3: like, a clear archetype of a general who wants to shoot first and ask questions later. But then he's also trying to work on himself, right?
2: Yes. He's trying to be better. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, okay, good. Thanks, yeah. Daniel.
2: Yeah, he, he zigged when you, when you would expect him to zag. And I think... I think this was your joke. Uh, a, a, the two main scientists are talking about aliens, and then some vaguely defined military grunt walks into the room and says, "Who's in charge here?" And then the general says, "I am," and then like dismisses that grunt away. Like the idea that he he wanted to make a dramatic entrance, so he just like has his subordinates feed him an interesting <laughs> setup line so he can introduce himself properly. Just great. Just a fun, stupid, delightful joke that, that tells you a lot about who this guy is. Thanks,
3: man. Um, I, I did think of one for you, and it's one that I don't know we've ever actually really talked about, but um, you wrote an entire show by yourself, just like on a whim. You did? <laughs> yeah. You wrote an entire show about two superheroes. And then you very kindly let me be in it with you and (laughs) oh yeah it's i i revisited one of these episodes the other day because it just showed up in my right rail and it's so funny like it was such a fun thing to do because it was just like two guys who work in headquarters and it's like they're it's them in headquarters before they go out on these these superhero runs basically and like trying to decide on their action plan and Uh, it's one of them's like overbearing and like a little bit, uh, gregarious. And the other one is timid, Uh, very nice for archetypes. And then, (laughs) uh, it was so easy to just jump in and play this role. And I really enjoy everything about these episodes. Nobody ever touched them. You, nobody ever did like another pass on them. Nobody, this wasn't like you brought it in. You're like, all right, I'd like to do the show. And then we did like a joke room for it or anything like that. You just went off and you wrote these episodes by yourself and brought them in. And then I got to be in it. And it's it's still a very, very funny show. Do you remember the name of it? Man, I sure don't. Well, I should find it then. Because it would be a shame for people not to be able to go see it.
2: That's wild that I don't remember the name of it. I mean, it's, it's not super wild. I'm sure when I was writing it, it was called Untitled Superhero Show. And then we needed to come up with some title as it got closer to, to release. And we just settled on whatever we settled on. What is it? Action team. Action team?
3: That sucks <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, as I said, it didn't go through a, a
2: process like an ordinary episode. Dan just wrote it. <laughs> um, I re- I really I uh I directed that too, which which to do over yes. again I I would not do. I only really uh I I don't have a a clear understanding of what directing is is supposed to be in the best of circumstances But like a lot of people I assumed I could do it and really when I say I wanted to to direct it I think what I Subconsciously meant was I want to cast it and I, I, uh, I, I I don't want anyone to change it and I don't want our days to be long that that was the beginning and end of why I wanted to direct was, you know, most of the time we direct things and and uh, it takes all day. So <laughs> I'd like to change that with this show.
3: <laughs> it's almost impossible to find, like there's no like way to to combine all of them either. They're not all in a row. There's not an easy way on, on, on YouTube to find them. But the one that I found was why being a superhero is nothing like you think. Um, now, Daniel wasn't in charge of the title of this episode. I'll say that that process still existed where like we just were trying anything to get people to click on stuff. And yeah. it was here. here's like a peek behind the curtain at cracked is we would write maybe five titles for something. And then you can AB test those titles to see what gets clicked on more. And the stuff that gets clicked on would just, it would just hurt your feelings. Like it would just demoralize yeah. the ordinary, an ordinary person. And that's why articles that you read and uh, videos that you watch and you would look back and you're like, why the fuck is it called this? That's why it's that called that. That's why, yeah. because that's the one that people were like, oh yeah, I'll give this a shot. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's move on to the next question. This one is from big underscore tap with two Ps. What is your favorite of the states that you have not lived in? Um, I mean, I could go one further here and say also
3: what state I would, I really like and admire that I also have never even been to.
2: Okay, yeah, that's interesting cuz we, we should we should answer both versions of it because like uh I haven't lived in Colorado in the sense that like I haven't like ha- like had a property there. I don't know. Right. I yeah, I rented I've, there, yeah. I've been to Colorado a bunch of times um on on little trips and I it's it might be my favorite state in the country. No, Hawaii. Um and it's, I, I was backpacking there with my brother years ago and we kept seeing other people on the trail who uh, were also from New Jersey or from Philadelphia or somewhere else in the East Coast. And it's like an incredibly popular destination for people to retire to. And that was the story we kept hearing over and over again. We were talking to these older, older guys on the trail and we're like, yeah, I've traveled all over the world and uh, this, this is the best place. This is where I wanted to end up. So, so here I am now. And that's certainly a future I can see for myself. But well, yeah, it's
3: like Colorado's like cheating.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Colorado <laughs> is is and and I'm
3: not being subjective here. Colorado is the best state. Yeah, I guess other than Hawaii. I th-
2: I think it, it it like truly might be in in very strange ways because I've Rocky Mountain National Park, Denver, and Fort Collins and Carbondale are the places that I've been <laughs> yeah. and oh, I think
3: you're gonna say we're the best <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> no. they're the places in Colorado I've been they're all different from each other but they're all still like uniquely great and like Fort Collins is just a beautiful clean nice well-organized town and everyone who lives there seems like happier and I'm gonna say it hotter <laughs> yeah man Boulder is
3: it's crazy the first time I went to Boulder and like really spent some time there um, I did a, a senior project there in high school and I was just like blown away by all the pretty women that <laughs> as a, as a 17 year old kid, I was like, well, this is, this is what it's been like the whole time. <laughs> and it's because people are generally more active there. Um, and I don't know, I assume that's it. I think it's yeah. just like a sports oriented lifestyle, an outdoor oriented lifestyle. And that all that comes with a lot of trappings of like, Oh, you eat a little healthier. Your yeah. You're, your idea of the weekend is you spend it outdoors, and it just changes, it like changes your skin, it changes yeah. your body.
2: It's also there. There's a pride that a lot of people have of living there that doesn't end up being smug, which I find very refreshing. I, like just coming from having the background that I have with New Jersey, where there's so much, uh, like baggage that you carry being from new jersey because it's the punchline of so many jokes for so long and like there's a uh there's so much pride in living here but it's like it's an immediate hackles up claws out defensive pride where you feel like you're constantly defending this state and you need to prove why it's great and you see that with like new yorkers there's a toughness to being a new yorker and i saw that with california too because california also gets a bad rap people are like no it's actually really good uh and and i'll fight you if you disagree and people from Colorado were just like, no, yeah, it's, it's nice here and it's better. Yeah. And, that's why, and that's why I live here. I went back recently, like a couple weeks ago, and
3: I saw some old friends and some people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I went to um, Redstone, which is where I got married. They did a little 4th of July parade. And so I also ran into some people that I hadn't even thought of in a long time. And I gotta say, like, it's like they're all in a time capsule. Like They all look the same. They all look really good <laughs> they look, for, their, for their age mm-hmm. in a way where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have left. Uh, I've been decaying on the outside, when I, mean, I could have been here in this bubble and and just preserved.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you have an answer for this question? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna use your talking to think about um, a state that I love but have not lived in, or, or yeah. like I've never even been to.
3: Yeah, a state that I haven't ever lived in, but I. I have visited and that I is very near and dear to my heart is Seattle, well, Washington. Seattle is really the only place I've been in Washington. But uh, I was, I'd was i only have ever been there once. It was a work trip and it was a work trip that I was loathing um, because I had to learn a, a bunch of, I had to learn how basically how to put a bunch of trail guides on the computer. <laughs> and there's no simple way to do that, it turns out. But I was not very excited about it. I was working for a site called trails.com at the time. And I went there and I was so blown away by, uh, first of all, how beautiful it is there. You land and like, you're basically, you can look out onto a forest from the airport in Seattle. And then Seattle, at, and I assume this is true of the rest of the state, they've got like this real, they've really latched on to the idea that they're the last stop before the Yukon. Like whenever that was pertinent, it's it's still, they're still like clinging to it. And they're like, look, this is it. This is like. Before you get out into the real wilds of Canada, this is your last stop. And so as a result, instead of gargoyles on the buildings, they have like walruses on a lot of them. they've got <laughs> <laughs> they, there's like a, a real um covetry of gold <laughs> like gold nuggets up there like in a, <laughs> a, they're presented in a way that I mean there's not like people actually like holding gold nuggets saying my precious or anything but like the idea of gold is still like treated as a very valuable 1870s type of thing and uh i just really everything about it feels so old world in a way that i had never experienced before they've also like sort of and maybe this is problematic but they've embraced like the totem pole and some elements of the native people that lived there as well that i also was not familiar with so it was all brand new to me and it was all very exciting and fun and uh, I liked it a lot.
2: Yeah. Uh, I guess that'll be my answer too. I've never been <laughs> anywhere in like the Pacific Northwest and it it all seems very nice. <laughs> Great answer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my, the, the place that I would go, or the place that I, or the state that I have an affinity for that I've never even been to is Montana. Montana feels like the, the grown-up league, like Colorado is like very accessible. Like Mm -hmm. there's mountains and stuff, but it's also, if you're not into that, there's other stuff for you there. Montana feels like the great frontier to me. Like (laughs) Montana feels removed from everything. It feels completely rural in my mind, but also completely mountainous in a way that uh, all the mountains are way bigger there than in Colorado. And I'm a little scared of Montana, but I also am very excited about the prospect of it. The idea, John Denver singing about the wide Montana sky, I, I think, oh, oh, I think the sky's even bigger there. <laughs> and uh, it it's probably misplaced, but I have this assumption that it's all cowboys up there, yeah. that they're still
2: uh, wrestling cattle and getting strung up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's an essential part to questions like this where it's like, yeah, I'd like to live in, in Montana. And also when I do that, I will be different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will be the kind of person who doesn't sweat so much and like enjoys uh, cowboy stuff. That's
3: the first time I ever went to New Orleans. I was like, ah, I would like this place if I was part of it. Like if I was if I was made for this, I think I would really like it here. <laughs> hey, hey, hey there, audience. What interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals? That's a big question. It's a big, heavy question, and you don't have to answer it right now. But if you can identify what it is that you're creating in your life, the artificial hurdles that you build, you can start to identify what it is that helps you succeed despite those hurdles. BetterHelp will help you. They can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe, and I can't stress enough, Private online environment, uh, so it's convenient for you. You can start getting help in less than two days, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. If you're unhappy with who you've got, you just move on to somebody else until you find the person that you really feel like you're having some breakthroughs with. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide, and it offers a broad range of expertise, which may not be locally available in your areas, but, you know, give it a shot. See see if they can help. Anything you share there is completely confidential. BetterHelp is convenient and professional, and it's affordable. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's professional counseling. You get a one-on-one with an actual person. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions and send a message to your counselor anytime. They are at your disposal. Check out all the testimonials posted daily on their site. If you don't believe me, licensed professional counselors who are specialized in sleeping issues, trauma, anger, grief, uh, self-esteem, uh, identity, depression, stress, anxiety, the things that really go hand in hand, honestly, with a pandemic. In fact, so many people have been using better help. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 States. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash QQ. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash QQ for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp.
2: Uh, This next question is from Martin CX. Have you ever eaten something that offended you or made you irrationally angry?
3: That's crazy because I was just thinking about this last night. Oh, good. I, I'd go first here. Ice cream sandwiches really piss me off. Um, cookie ice cream sandwiches. I've never had a cookie ice cream sandwich that wasn't structurally unstable in a way that made it impossible to eat. I, I The idea of it is just, it seems like such a terrible vehicle to get it into my body. I would much prefer to just have a soft, hot cookie with some melting ice cream on top of it and use a utensil because the minute you introduce two cookies on either side of the ice cream the cookies are kind of like brittle and, uh, but also just hard enough that if you bite into it either you're, you're it's so cold and so hard that the cookie itself is hard and not enjoyable or the cookie's soft and the ice cream as a result has melted in between and then the minute you bite into it it all just squeezes out the back It's it's such a poor system and I don't understand why we stick with
2: it that's a really good answer. It sounds like it's a real problem for you, and I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not glad. happy about it. <laughs> I'm glad you were, you were able to talk about it. Yeah, um, I don't. I feel like I don't have an answer for this. I have one that I uh, that is sort of like. I feel like I'm I'm, uh, thematically copying your answer, uh, meatball subs. I love very yeah. much uh, in in theory, because I love meatballs, and I just think sandwich is a good uh vehicle for food but similar to ice cream sandwiches you're always getting meatballs just shooting out the ass of that thing it's and, true. and and I, i've been burned so many times and i just i always end up like capitulating and just cutting up the meatballs and and like eating them with a little slice of of the the wet bread uh because they're just like because it's a thoughtless design
3: at least with a meatball sub, you've got one corner of the bread connected. Generally, they yeah. don't usually do like two separate ones and then put all the meatballs in the middle and then just slap a top on it. But I do see what you're saying. You really have to get a whole meatball in your mouth each time to yeah. keep it them from pushing back onto the next one. And then just like ball bearings in there, they just roll out the back. It's
2: um, there's there's a place I go to out here every once in a while called the Meatball Shop. I'll get I'll get lunch from them, and they they offer a sandwich that is a meatball sandwich but they they've smashed the meatballs to make them more like patties and i i can't explain it but it's not the same
3: <laughs> the ratio is weird yeah <laughs> the ratio of bread to meat changes dramatically um you also don't get those huge pockets of cheese in between yeah cuz i've the, I, another um Essential to the meatball sub is the melted uh, mozzarella that Mm -hmm. falls in between all the meatballs. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't eat beef, but (laughs) um, I think that's you probably lose some of that.
2: Uh, Speaking of food, our next question from Sam Camfield is top five snacks. Um, I'm not, I'm not much of a snacker, but I, I, I have a real problem. This is this is like genuinely embarrassing to admit at at 35 years old that I I'm I'm eating like a like a a bag of of gummy bears like a day. What? And not even like an impulse buy bag where there's like 10 gummy bears in there like you'd get at Halloween or something. I'm getting like like too many gummy bears or gummy worms uh or or if I'm I'm trying to be good there's like this australian strawberry flavored uh zero calorie licorice bites and i'll 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 eat those but uh but really like i i don't fuck me i don't remember the the last day that went by that i didn't have some kind of gummy snack really yeah
3: what do a- I, I mean, that would never be my first choice, <laughs> even like a candy store. I think I'd be like, no, I learned my lesson as a kid. You don't go for the aesthetic stuff. You go for like the tasty chocolate.
2: Can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I be vulnerable? When I was just in Los Angeles, I was staying in Santa Monica and I went to the Target to get some stuff. And while I was there, I got uh, an organic type of gummy bear that I'd never seen before because uh, I wanted to try it. And then I also got a normal bag of gummy bears, because what if I didn't like that bag of gummy bears? (laughs) And then later that night, I went to the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, and there's a candy store there called It's Sugar, I think. And I just, I, I, God help me, got a a third bag of assorted gummies. Daniel, that's a problem. There was no snacks in my Airbnb except three bags of gummy snacks. What was the
3: earliest in the morning that you ate one of those? And Sometime, I mean after you woke up, not like going to bed late, like earliest in the morning.
2: No, so like sometimes because I'm I I drink water constantly, so I'm I'm frequently peeing throughout the day and I'll often wake up in the middle of the night just to pee. Uh so probably like like 2:50 a.m. I'll get up to pee and then I'll I'll have a refreshing gummy bear from the freezer. And then I'll go and then I'll go to sleep. <laughs> There's a new development that you just like flew past, which is that you're freezing your gummies. They're so much better
3: if you freeze them. Why? Well, that can't be true. That can't be true. <laughs> Why can't it be?
2: What? So what? How does the consistency change? Are they hard? Ho- like are they hard candy then? Or yes, but they don't stay hard for a very long time, which is good. So you get to suck on them a little bit, like they're Jolly Ranchers, and then they, they warm up in your in your hot mouth, and then you can eat them. <laughs> do they break off? like does a worm do you just like
3: break off a piece of the worm
2: no they don't oh. like shatter or anything like that
3: okay um that's okay so you're just waking up in the middle of the night and like sucking down a worm yeah a cold worm yeah before going back to bed uh-huh. with that getting that in your belly
2: yeah and then i have all my weird sugar dreams
3: <sighs> i don't even know what that means <laughs>
2: You know, you've never eaten candy late and then had a bunch of dreams?
3: I eat candy late every single night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if dreams are different. I had night terrors last night. Does that, is that because of the candy? Is because I ate a bunch of pistachio ice cream? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't trade them for the world. They're part of me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I hadn't really thought about this, but I guess if I had to answer, I'd say all dressed ruffles, turkey, jerky, dried mango, take five candy bars, and then roundels.
2: What's that last thing you said?
3: Here we go, roundels. I was hoping you'd ask about those. At Trader Joe's, um, that's where a lot of my snacks come from because they just, they dominate the market in terms of snacks. Like it's so, it's just a a level above the stuff you see at the cashier line at like a pavilions or something. So like their turkey jerky is very good. And I loved beef jerky as a child. And now that I don't eat beef, I gotta, I had to substitute. Uh, Their dried mango is also very good because they don't have any sugar to it. It's just like these big leathery like big leathery pieces of of mango steak. Yeah. (laughs) And then they have a snack called roundels, which is sort of like a Reese's, uh, just in terms of like the essence of a Reese's it's peanut butter inside of chocolate, but I would say a top shelf version. They come in a two trays and there's lines of them. And one is dark chocolate and one is, um, is milk chocolate. And then there's a, just a drizzle of whatever the opposite chocolate is on top and inside the peanut butter i feel like is better than reese's peanut butter it's not crumbly at all it's like but it's also not like whipped it's not you're not going to take a bite and like a, you just get like that mountain or that little peak um it's just like a really good not dry peanut butter inside and i i love these snacks um god we should get sponsored by rondells man i've never heard of it before make that
2: i also i'm not Sure, I would like them because I do think the specific kind of peanut butter that Reese's uses, that yeah. that, that sandy-ass, dry-ass peanut butter, <laughs> I think that's essential to the experience. And, <laughs> and anyone who makes a chocolate peanut butter thing that allegedly is just like Reese's, they always miss the mark.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. Most of them do. And there are, yeah, you're right, there are a lot of, of um, copycats out there. And Roundells, I don't know which comes first. Roundells packaging makes it look very much like they came first. These packages look like they came out of 1850, yeah. but um, they're they're so good, they're so delicious. And I highly recommend you try them. Now, have you had All Dressed Ruffles before? No. What does that mean? It's a type of it's a potato chip, it's just a ruffled potato chip. But then the flavoring is called All Dressed. Okay. And I have no idea what that means, but they're. They're just great. They they have kind of like a vinegary taste to them, but they're also it's like if you mixed a vinegar chip and a a barbecue chip without the smokiness of the barbecue. Okay. Very hard to describe a ketchup, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I guess I would describe it as like a ketchup flavoring, um, and it's but with heavy vinegar on that ketchup, and it's outstanding. They're so good. Okay. I,
2: I I can I can see a path that ends with me eating those chips for sure. Not Rondell's, though. I don't think Rondell's. Now, a taste thing that you have that I
3: will never understand. First of all, this gummy thing is brand new information for me, and I'm reeling. But uh, in addition to that, something I have fully processed is your obsession with buffalo sauce on anything. Oh, hell yeah. I I hate buffalo sauce, and I generally
2: like vinegary things. I feel like buffalo sauce sucks. (laughs) Man, I love it. I love those buffalo blue chips. Those are standout delicious um i should buy those i should i should do something to not have gummy bears in my house at all times but i know i'm not going to because it's a victimless crime yeah i I mean other than your dentist i guess yeah i stop myself from having snacks in the house because i have no impulse control and i'll just eat them like the other snack that i will sometimes buy is cool ranch doritos and i'll just like Eat a bag in a in in a, a sitting, and sometimes I'll dress it up to pretend I'm doing myself a favor. It's like, well, if I uh, I better eat these now, otherwise I'll just eat them later. <laughs> I I love talking myself into snacks. <laughs>
3: um, well, I, I actually have Cool Ranch Doritos in my cabinet too, and I'm looking at my list now of, of dried mango and Take Five bars and roundels. and I'm like, I gotta I gotta get some food. <laughs> it it, it feels. Hungry.
2: It feels very scary to feel like I'm not, I don't wanna be dramatic, but I'm not in control of this gummy bear situation. Like I don't- It doesn't sound like you I, are. I, I don't keep snacks in the house. I don't drink soda. I I there's. I don't use real sugar in my coffee. There are so many things that I, I can handle and stop myself from consuming if I think it's gonna be bad for me. But I just, I can't imagine a future where I'm not regularly eating gummy bears or gummy worms. I even went to, I was at uh, CVS not too long ago and they had like a mixed bag of gummies where it's like some of the bears, some of the worms, but also those like Coca-Cola bottles that that nobody wants. Oh yeah, Yeah, I like those. All in the same bag, which is like an experience that no one ever wants. No one wants to reach into one bag of candy and have this many different, situations happening. <laughs> but I got it. Because it made sense to me. <laughs> You're the Democratic. Just a, a mixed bag of indiscriminate gummy-adjacent things. Now, who this makes- one's a little bit sour. Sure, I don't care.
3: What, who are the best gummies? Is, is Harbo the king of the game?
2: Yeah, they're still the king. Uh, and I like... This is... I, I had not planned on talking about this, and I'm, I'm <laughs> like, truly embarrassed. Um, but there's... They sell just the 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 gummy cherries and that's my favorite flavor is like the, the, the red flavor of, of these cherries and it's a whole bag of cherries so, so that's appealing, but I don't get it for myself all the time because I think there's more honor in getting gummy bears with its mixed flavors and being rewarded with 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 uh like a bag that is disproportionately skewed towards the red yeah even though i can get a whole bag of red if i want i don't let myself do that because i'm insane soren <laughs> i don't think it's good for me to have this podcast i don't think i should be <laughs> i'm not friendly you with, here. with with my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i think it's
3: probably important um but i it is it is strange to me that first of all that you got three bags in a day that's a red flag, but yeah. also that you are consuming you're waking up like a like a fledgling in a nest and having a little worm snack at night uh-huh. um that's a little troubling <laughs> are you, are you brushing your teeth after each one of these gummies are like the worst thing for your teeth soren of course not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, we really have to move on. I can't. <laughs> one thing I will
3: say for Gummy Bears is I appreciate that they have not, they're not locked into the color equals this fruit uh, game that yeah. everybody else is trying to push. That they're just like, no, fuck you. We'll, we'll make green watermelon. <laughs> we don't have to make that anything you want. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, we can move on to the next question here. Thank God. This one is from, there we go. This one is from Apparently Subliminal. What was the first cultural trend, like dabbing or the Macarena, that completely passed you by and made you realize you're no longer one of the kids? Alternatively, what was the last trend with which you were totally on board? Not ending a sentence in a preposition. I like this guy, woman. I don't know, actually. Apparently subliminal. Not specific.
2: Not gender specific. Uh, Um, I got to think about this for a second. Yeah. Pokemon is an easy one. To, to do that all yeah
3: and talk about it at crack too
2: yeah that was that was a a huge one that um I think should have been right for me that i that i i I just couldn't get on board with because it was so huge when I was growing up and I wasn't trying to be contrarian or anything like i I owned the Pokemon game for game boy, and I think we had i i I tried briefly to get into pokemon cards because. i i I was supposed to and it was like like right for my age and it was a social thing that people were doing but i i i I just never liked it i think i i might have been just just too old or i was like i think this is stupid and i and and like more than thinking the content of the games show or cards was stupid i i remember not liking uh Culturally, how into it people were. That's the thing I think was, was more of a turnoff than the actual content, which is like, man, a lot of these, these, these kids are super obsessed with Pokemon uh, to a, a degree that I, I find unattractive. So I don't, I don't want to get caught up in that. And uh, it just, it, it passed me by. And now it's the, the present where Pokemon is still like a thriving cultural touchstone that I just, I can't really engage with even in like you talk about the crack days where people just wanted articles and videos about pokemon like uh give it some kind of present it through the same kind of critical lens that we present movies or wrestling or tv shows or 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 books even but we just i just couldn't do it i was like no i I don't I, i i have no takes on pokemon i don't even know what a good take would be like I, I i have no frame of reference for how to like present this in a fun way because it's just not not my bag
3: yeah yeah i think there was a lot of that at cracked basically at cracked every once in a while we would get these pitches for pokemon articles and generally we have a kind of like a dilettante understanding of just about everything like yeah. we know just enough to know what's interesting about things and that's a great place to be because then most of your audience is the same way. So you've got to have like these footholds in it for anyone to even understand the, to- the topic. But Pokemon was so in the weeds for all of us that occasionally we would just be like somebody. Jason would be like, somebody needs to buckle down and just learn about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> somebody needs to just go do it. Go learn everything there is to know about Pokemon. And we'd be like, yeah, yeah, totally. Somebody, somebody yeah. should do it. <laughs> and it was, it was just one blind spot for all of us where we were like, oh, we can't. We can't do articles about Pokemon because yeah. we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. And just like
2: <laughs> editorially irresponsible because people would pitch Pokemon articles and we'd all be like, no, no. <laughs> I don't think this works. <laughs> You'd have to poke holes and be like,
3: I, I, uh, surely there's something wrong. with No, we've made this case before. Animal cruelty. I get it. We've done this. Like if I could find that detail in one of those pitches, I'd be like, okay, it's done. Yeah. But- yeah we, it was unfair to the people who pitch Pokemon stuff um the the one that it, I feel like I really missed the boat on and it's just too late to catch up is Instagram. I was pretty good with social media for a long time I have got I was an uh, early adopter of pretty much everything else and then Instagram hit and I just was like, no, I don't like the idea of it I don't understand it. I don't like the idea of like the things that I take pictures of are my children. And that's like, Instagram started to really pop up right when my son was born. And, uh, that's all I was taking pictures of. The idea of taking a picture of myself was just unfathomable, taking pictures of my food, taking pictures of places I am. I didn't get any of it. Uh, and so I was like, maybe this will just die. And then it didn't. And it just got bigger and bigger. And now the people that I work with—they're not even on Twitter. They're all on Instagram. That's how they find out when they're each other's babies are born and stuff. And I am just—I have missed the boat on all of that. I have an Instagram account, but there's no way I'm starting f- from scratch now. That's embarrassing. Yeah. So uh, I'm—it's just a thing that I
2: hope dies. Man, I fucking love Instagram, and it's very uh, off-brand for me. Uh, social networking, speaking like Twitter, I. I I'm, I'm rarely personal on Twitter. Uh, it's it's for jokes or self promotion, and I'm just like acutely aware that the people who follow me are following, you know, me as a comedy person, and uh, so I want to like reflect all of that back at them. But Instagram is like sincerely norm shit for me. Like I I, I post pictures of the of the beach and my dog and food that I've made. <laughs> and and it, it, it's like... The, that's the, the point of it. Yeah. I'm, there's no shame in it because I'm, that's the whole point. Yeah. But also, uh, I got to let you know, man. I posted a picture of the two of us because we saw each other recently. Yeah. Gangbuster numbers. More oh, really? engagement than almost anything else that I post. Well, that feels good to me.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Got it, buddy. Um, there's a, a trend... The last trend that I feel like I was really... I, like, rode the wave of and even past the point where I should have, were soaps. This is a type of shoe. Are you familiar with soap shoes, Dan? No. Okay. Soap shoes are shoes that have a grind plate built into the sole. So you can impress all your friends by all of a sudden you're hanging out, right? At school, because that's where you hang out. And all of a sudden you get up and you go and you jump onto the top rail of a bike rack and you grind it with just your shoes. And everyone goes, Whoa! And uh, at least that's the way that I imagined it happening. Sure. And I had a pair of soap shoes that I got that then I wore into college. <laughs> <laughs> Long after it was okay to have grind plates on my shoes. Then to the point where it would have been an embarrassment had I tried to grind anything in front of other people. Okay, so you, so you you weren't trying to grind anything in college? No, well, hang on, not in front of people. I Never with an audience. There were curbs that I would look at on my way to class and be like, oh, it's got just the right slope. That's just the right angle. I feel like I could really grind that whole curb. I would come back when no one was around and I would try it and I would grind it. And if people came up, I would sit there and be like, no, I'm just a kid sitting on a college campus. That's not weird. <laughs> and uh, when I would go off on my own to like fast food, cause there's a, a Jack in the Box down the street, I would grind everything I fucking could. Sure. Cause it's just strangers of LA at that point. Soap shoes. Um, I don't know that they haven't had really a, much of a heyday. I have a feeling that that trend lasted, I think, generously two weeks. And I was on board for over four years.
2: <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you that I wore uh, bowling shoes for a couple of years?
3: <laughs> I, I wanted bowling shoes so bad when I was in high school.
2: Man, I that was just That's like cool. my thing. I was like, I'm going to be a bowling shoes kid. And I had some that I bought from Sports Authority and some that I uh, stole from bowling alleys. Yeah, and we are just like wear them around, and we just be bowling shoe kid, and and was like, this is I think uh, going to be my personality. Is,
3: <laughs> and, yeah, and, there was a there's a weird uh, a weird sisterhood between bowling and ska. Yeah, where like the, the the dress of bowling had a real resurgence during the ska movement, where everybody was wearing bowling shirts mm-hmm. and uh, and bowling shoes were very cool. Yeah. Everybody, I, everyone I remember was like, yeah, these these rule. The trouble is. <laughs> You can't wear them in any sort of environment that has snow. Yeah, because there's they're not. The built point for that. <laughs> is that they don't have traction on the bottom. The point is that they're just these hard leather soles that slide. You could hydroplane probably in those shoes on just water. Oh or sure. The, the wrong puddle and and you're going too fast. You could slide across the whole thing. And now I want a pair. I'm gonna grind the I'm gonna grind the puddles. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that sounds like. Uh, uh, you know, we're all just killing time until we die. That sounds like it'll be fun. <laughs> Well, we have a few more questions. I think we can get
3: to them on our next episode, Daniel, because I need to carve out a little bit of time here for what has become I think maybe our most popular weekly segment. Okay. And to
2: to just to get ahead of things, this is cuz the first one kind of went went south. It was supposed to be a a, a sports update. Mm-hmm. We were right in the middle of the NBA finals. Uh the update only briefly talked about the finals and didn't really uh it seemed the update didn't know or have any interest in covering who was winning the series at that time uh and and now you've assured me that this episode will be more focused on on sports i talked to i talked to jeff
3: okay and i asked him uh could you just i mean i i appreciated it it's good it's good information But we really, I think just to make it more universal, let's just focus on like current stuff.
2: Correct, and uh, this is a great time for it because the Olympics are literally happening right now. And as of recording, this is, the, the NBA draft was yesterday. Russell Westbrook is a Laker. This is a huge time to talk about sports and I've got so much to say and there's so much that I want to hear so i'm i'm happy that this one is going to be more focused and uh relatable and and not what the last one was which was uh hyper local i would say
3: and i just want to throw on the heap our audience is so excited to hear about this because they can't they tune into us for the sports like the rest of this has just been chatter for them and they're ready for their sports update so take it away Straight from the Los Angeles Mayor's Office, it's time for the QQ
0: Weekly Sports Roundup.
4: Hello, I'm Jeff Millman, Chief Strategist for the Los Angeles Mayor's Office, and this is your weekly Quick Question Sports Roundup. Happy 28th birthday today to Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, and happy 13th birthday to the finest game of baseball ever organized by the Los Angeles County Young Democrats. While future U.S. Senator from California, Alex Padilla, was playing third base, the reason for this game's renown was one ball player who reminded fans of the way the game was once played by the 1927 New York Yankees.
0: Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen,
1: from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
4: That player was Soren Bowie. With a true nose for the ball, he seemed to be fielding every position simultaneously, handling impossible one-hoppers, creating triple and even quadruple plays, and catching line drives that would break the hand of an ordinary man. On this day, Soren not only made all the young Democrats in attendance fall in love with baseball again, but just four months later, Barack Obama was elected the President of the United States. I know, because I was there, and I was on his team. This concludes your weekly sports roundup. Back to you, Soren and Daniel.
2: Here's a a short list of what I hated about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Outro song, Too Long. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Number two, uh, happy 28th birthday, Dak Prescott. Yeah, don't look up when his birthday is. (laughs) It was yesterday. As of of this recording, it was yesterday. Of all the dubious, tenuous connections to actual sports that you could have pulled from, Happy 28th birthday, Dak Preska. Good <laughs> Lord. And again, a thing that frustrated me with the first piece, uh, the first sports update that the mayor's office did uh-huh. was a celebration of a non-anniversary. I think it was the <laughs> the the 14th anniversary of some dumb sports thing you did. And now this one, this baseball thing... Was the 13th anniversary. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I, I, I don't want to belittle you as an athlete because I, I'm, I'm not shy about admitting that I'm bad at sports and you're great at sports. But it feels like some bottom-of-the-barrel compliment hunting because one of the things he credited you as doing was, I, I think, just catching line drives. He dressed it up by saying it might break the hand of of a normal person, might. but yeah. uh, if we're like bragging about someone in baseball, catching baseball seems like, <laughs> like a pretty standard thing that you're supposed to do in baseball.
0: Uh, I, I'm
3: pretty sure he also said something about handling some really tough one-hoppers, too, which is that's like one of the hardest parts of baseball sure and a quadruple play that sounds impressive how did you do a quadruple play that's complicated Um, uncomplicated for me okay uh you know obviously the last out didn't count but the ump was nice enough to um grandfather that one into the next inning so they had to start with just two outs because i got a quadruple play are you fucking kidding me Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to make it. I don't even think a quadruple play is possible. I got to think about it. You'd have to have the bases loaded, and then you'd have to have a force out at every single position, or everybody goes on a force fly. No, I would have to be no outs. Uh-huh. <laughs> There have to be Bases loaded, no outs. Loaded, out. no outs Everybody's up. treating it like a force fly. So everyone's everyone on the base path is confused about the fact <laughs> that there's no outs, but there's if they think that there's two. And they're all going. And then you make the catch and then you hit each position before the runner can tag up. And I think you could get one, two, three. Yeah, you could get four outs that way. Yeah. And maybe I did that. I don't remember. It was twelve years ago.
2: And then And and the umpire rolled one of the outs in. Yeah,
3: to the next inning. Well, it was so impressive that he thought, everyone's clapping. I should I should get in on this wave. Um, and Alex Padilla was there. A real U.S. senator was playing third base. Yeah. Uh, and Dan, it was such a good game that Obama got elected president.
2: Yeah, that's another circle that I'm trying to square. The connection between your performance and several months later the election of of barack
3: obama la voted for him it was Uh inspired the entire the entire county i'm not just talking city
2: yeah and we get a little bit of of so so jeff is 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 raising his profile as well i see i see that this segment about sports is about your accomplishments (laughs) but also jeff managed to squeeze in i knew that barack obama was elected because i was there part of his team
3: uh-huh. Well, it was win-win.
2: Yeah. I see why he's so, doing so this now, now. So now, so he's a star on the rise in this segment. Yes. And like, look, you know, you you, you can squeeze in brags wherever you can squeeze them in, but I don't think his being on the team is why he knew Barack Obama was elected president. Right? Yeah. Like, I also knew, and I'm just some fucking guy. I mean, that, obviously- like he didn't get extra information that that he then shared with us no
3: i mean i could i could ask him i think what he means in when he uh recorded this thing that i wrote uh that uh he, i think he means that he was there to witness the greatness and so he knows that this whole thing transpired that the 12th anniversary of this momentous event happened because he was there and he saw it firsthand now there are a lot of fall- There's a lot of fallout from that. One of the things is that Obama was elected president. I can mm-hmm. see now the wording is a little clunky and that it sounds like that's what he witnessed, uh, which he probably did as well. But I think what he's really talking about is, you know, this moment in sports history. Everybody wants to be there for a
2: moment in sports history. Right. And he thought that was a better thing to focus on this week instead of Simone Biles' Backing out of the Olympics for her mental health.
3: I think he did what Instead I asked of, him to do. He talked about Deck Prescott a lot. Okay. And uh, I, I th- I'm, honestly,
2: I'm happy with this one. I think he did a great job. Okay. Uh, this is a not-bid question. Um, do you think he's, he's, he's ever mentioned you to Barack Obama?
3: Oh, man. Do you think there's a chance oh, that he did? My hands are sweaty. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I think I have, where uh, Eric Garcetti, so Eric Garcetti was a teacher of my wife's when we were in college. Yeah. And um, that was a long time ago. And then I happened to be at Cantor's Diner, which is a L.A. institution, and Eric Garcetti was there doing some glad-handing for some reason. I think it was before his campaign. I can't remember. Uh, it was a few years ago. I mean, when ago. is he never not campaigning? He was the... <laughs> He was already the mayor because it was a big deal that he was at Cantor's and He started just kind of like running through the room and going through and saying hello to people and Jeff is uh, Was his right-hand man, and so Eric Garcetti got to this table was just me and this other comedy writer And and Jeff goes this is Soren Bui. He's Colleen's husband and said Colleen's husband not Colleen Callahan and Eric Garcetti goes oh my god Colleen. How is she and I was like fuck you Eric Garcetti? (laughs) In my mind, obviously. In reality, I was like, yeah, she's good. She's good. Yeah. The, she's pretty like, goddamn married, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, See, Mayor, stay away from my wife.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad we got that segment again. Uh, the The intro song is good. I like what you did with... Uh, I like... who, Which... Whatever musician you you commissioned to make that intro song, uh-huh. yeah, great job. That it sounded like they were having fun. Uh, yeah, that's my, a my hope. That's Slash. Oh, neat. Yeah. My hope is that um, if we do this segment again, it can be a little bit more focused on sports. That yeah, okay. That. Uh, I- that I have seen or that the our audience might have seen or 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 at least be familiar with okay I'll talk to Jeff yes please do okay
0: all right bye bye